Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What an honor it is to be here. You know, I turned my mic off earlier because they told me the batteries have a timer that will shut off in 30-ish minutes. And I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, eating the clock before time. Hallelujah. But it's such an honor to be here. Such an honor to be with you all. Um, you know, I love our church. I love all that God is doing in the midst of all that we're doing. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for the great privilege and honor to share, you know, uh, pulpits with you. Hallelujah. It's a great honor. And we are just so blessed for all that God is doing. Or, you know, to, that you would share your stage with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's on the throne. And the devil's been defeated. And we live in victory. Hallelujah. I want to share a word with you tonight that the Lord's put in my heart, and it's leaving Goshen. It's leaving Goshen. I've titled Leaving Goshen, media team, take note please. Um, leaving Goshen, abiding in God's goodness in the wilderness. Hallelujah. So in Genesis 47, if you'd stand with me for the reading of the word, I'm going to be reading Genesis 47 in verse 5 and 6, then jumping to verse 27, then you can flip the few pages over to Exodus 8 and 22, and we'll read there. And it says, Pharaoh said to Joseph in Genesis 47, verse 5, your father and your brothers have come to you, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. That is very important. It was the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen, and if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt, verse 27, in the region of Goshen. They acquired property there and were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Hallelujah, or exceedingly. If you jump over to Exodus 8 and 22, it says, But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. My people, no swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. And I will make distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. Praise God. We're going to stop right there. Father, thank you for your word. It is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. Speak to us tonight, I pray. Let your healing come right now to all those watching. Those who are, Lord, right now struggling even to take a breath. I command the breath of the Spirit of the Lord come in right now. Be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. So where you live will affect how you live. Where you live is related to how you live. And we live in America, baby. Hallelujah. How many of you guys glad for that? If you ain't ever lived nowhere else... If you haven't ever lived in no other land, you are blessed. Hallelujah, because this is an amazing nation. We have freedom of speech, freedom of worship as we see fit, and the right to bear arms. Hallelujah. Hey, man, this is America. We live in Alaska. We used to get a PFD. Socialist politicians have changed that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We do not depend on anyone else but the Lord for our provision. Hallelujah. You know, there are other nations in the world that it's different than the U.S. If you look at Mozambique and many other countries, but, you know, I speak because my wife traveled there, 
And we had to, in the middle of the week, as she was preparing to travel back, get into a place in the Lord, seeking the Lord, declaring, you know, healing and blessing and salvation over her life so that she would make it back. Because that ain't America, let me tell you. You know, the natural resources are ransacked by a controlling, poverty-minded, communist-leaning government. Sells out to China and others while their own suffers. Other nations are different. You got Cuba, right? Failed nations. Leaders like live like kings while the population suffer. It matters where we live. What are we talking about? It matters where we live. The United States is an amazing nation, right? And if you're planning on voting, and I hope you are voting, you are registered to vote, and you vote for socialist, democratic, whatever, you can vote it in, but you got to fight out of it. Amen? So vote righteously. Because um, we are under attack as a nation, as a world is under attack. The spirit of Antichrist is not just political. Is it a spirit of Antichrist that is trying to, you know, creep over our entire world? Praise the Lord. You know, where you live matters. And we're so thankful we live in, the, in a great nation. You know, other nations are not as blessed as we are. You know, and there's a reason for that. And there's a reason for that. Mainly because the devil is at work at places where the nations haven't been founded like ours, where the, the, the Mayflower Compact, right, that begins for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. What is the purpose that where how our nation began is to worship the Lord with freedom, freedom to worship. Any nation that has anything different from that, no matter how nice it may be, they're subjected to whatever the leader of that nation feels what is right. Hallelujah. What are we talking about? We're talking about that it matters where you live. It matters where you abide, where your dwelling place is. Hallelujah. Who we honor makes a difference in our lives. And there's a place that we can live that is amazing or Goshen. Right? It is not necessarily a geographical place because we have churches, you know, even in Mozambique right now, and they're making a difference in Jesus' name. And we're going to see generations to come that God will impact that nation by his power, not just our churches that are there, but there are many that are calling on the name of the Lord. And we even pray right now for God's peace to come over that nation and his truth to reign in Jesus' name. But the place that we can live in where we have his peace, where we have his blessing, where we have his goodness, it is the place where we are abiding in God, no matter where you are. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers will be able, or nor heart, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you are in the Lord, the love of God is permeating in your life. The blessings of God will be upon you no matter what you're going through. So what is this Goshen? Goshen means drawing near. The best of the land is what Pharaoh told uh, Joseph, you know, find, get your family when they were coming from the famine, coming out to be rescued by, by Joseph, right? He says, get them the best of the land. That's what Pharaoh told them. Later on, when the people were set free during the place, some 430 years later, none of the plagues that impacted Egypt 
touched the land of Goshen where the people of God were. The plagues were a result of God's judgment on the Egyptians. The dwelling place of the Israelites was in Goshen, and that place did not get the judgment of the Lord like the rest of the Egypt did. Goshen is when we are abiding in Christ. It is the abiding life where you're dwelling in the presence of God. It is a daily awareness of God and his move in your life and who he is to you as your God, not just on Sunday mornings. Hallelujah. Sun, or how does it go? Anyway, I forgot. Praise Jesus. It was a song, but as quick as it got in, got out. Hallelujah. So it had been a place, Goshen was a place of rebuilt relationships. And listen, God will rebuild your lives as you draw near to him. They all witnessed Joseph's dreams become a reality. His whole family, where they hated him and they made fun of him. His parents scolded him. Like, who do you think you is, boy? You know, anyway. <laughs> and they saw his dreams become a reality. I was going to say that the Israelites were rednecks, but I had deleted that from my notes. They, took, they were the people of the field, you know, compared to the metro Egyptians. It was no longer a dysfunctional relationship in the sense of being hate-based. When they were in Goshen, things were different. They didn't hate each other anymore. Hallelujah. They weren't backstabbing each other. Joseph had been humbled, and he humbled himself and forgave. It probably wasn't easy at times. It wasn't just like a walk in a park. Right? Anyone, if you've forgiven, you're aware that for walking forgiveness, the lifestyle of forgiveness is not always easy. Because it's not like you forgive and then all the feeling and all the things go away. Eventually, you get healing and you can, but you walk in forgiveness. And they did. And if you have a repeat, of, a repeat offender, doesn't mean that you forgive the same person all the time for the same thing. Doesn't mean that you allow them to stay in your life. Amen? Put some righteous boundaries in there. I don't mean cut people off completely because otherwise some people, you're the only Jesus they will ever meet. So, uh, however, if somebody's slapping you in the face every time you're around them, you need some uh, social distancing. Praise the Lord. Some of you are suffering because you brought Jonah to live in with you. They've confessed their Jonah, but you don't throw them overboard. <laughs> Oh, man, Jonah's going to be fine, let me tell you. You throw him over, he's going to be fine. The fish will take care of his sinning behind. Praise the Lord. Joseph's brothers, back to Goshen, right? They probably had moments of torment for what they did. But they rejoiced. At the end, they came together. It was a, they weren't living like they used to back in the day. Hating Joseph and hating one another and all that conniving. All of that have changed because now they're in the land of Goshen. Joseph had lived, spent his life in a relationship with God, going through the trials that he was in. He knew how to carry himself. He didn't sleep with his boss's wife. And when you walk with God, the Holy Spirit will help you as to when to speak and when to shut up. God will help us. Praise the Lord. Anybody thankful for that? I'm like triple thankful for that. Hallelujah. I'm like brother foot in his mouth. Seriously, without Jesus, life is hard. Hallelujah. And my wife, like my wife helps me a lot. 
Hallelujah. Abe Lincoln said, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and prove everyone right. <laughs> Joseph helped Pharaoh, right? All the necromancers couldn't help, couldn't come up with an answer for his dream. Joseph had, why is that? Because he abided with the Lord. He abode with the Lord. His dwelling place was in the presence of the Lord. Not just a Sunday thing, an everyday thing. Hallelujah. He lived in fellowship with God. It's a constant awareness of who God is. And if you want to experience the Goshen in your life, you need to draw into the Lord. You need to draw closer to God. No, we need to yesterday, Pastor Daniel talked about how David dishonored God by sinning. God said, I would have given you more if that's what you wanted. That was powerful. It is powerful because God's desire is to bless us, to overwhelm you with, your goodness, with his goodness. When Moses struck the rock, he's dishonored God's word, couldn't enter the promised land. They suffered uh, because of, of failing and dishonoring the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. When you celebrate what God has done for you, no matter what you're going through, right? It's in Goshen. It's good times. There are, some times, there are always good times, and we're going to talk about that in Goshen. But when you celebrate what God is doing for you, and you give thanks, and you are thankful to him, he will bless you. He will strengthen you. He will walk with you, and he creates in you a grateful heart. And a grateful heart helps you always to stay positive, to stay uh, aware of who God is, and that the circumstances will change, but God will never change. Hallelujah. Goshen was a place of provision. They were sustained there by Joseph. It was a place of restoration. Gen Genesis 47, 28, Jacob lived in, the, in Egypt 17 years, and the years of his life were 147. You know, he had thought that he had lost Joseph, his, you know, favorite son, right? But God restored that to him. Hallelujah. It was the best land. It was the best place for them to be. It was the best of the land in, of Egypt. And they settled there. They settled in the land. It was a place of possession. They weren't no more, they weren't nomadic anymore. They weren't traveling from here and there. They, they, they gave up the gypsy life. Hallelujah. Some of you don't experience God's best because you don't settle anywhere. You don't join a life group. You don't join a team. Something else might come back, come around, you know, and I'd rather do that instead of haven't found the right one. Get settled. Shallow roots don't support large trees very long. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You got to settle. You got to put some roots down. You want to experience the fullness, the blessing of God? You got to settle down. You want to grow? You got to settle. But I don't know what's, you know, the Lord. No. Settle. Get in a life group. Get, um, what you call it? Get discipled. I've met so many people that have been believers for many, 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 many years. Many years. They're not discipled. They stumbled in the littlest list of things because they're unaware of, of who God is through his scriptures. They've never had a systematic study of what it means to be a believer. So they put up with a lot of junk that they should have cast out of their lives a long time ago. 
So settle. When they settled, they prospered and they grew. They increased. They prospered there. It was a place of protection. When the time came for them to leave Egypt, God sent plagues. Goshen wasn't touched. Right? The reason the plagues didn't hit Goshen is not because Goshen was a lucky charm, but it's because it was the judgment of God in Egypt. And that's where the people, they were being judged for what they had done to the, to the Israelites. They didn't get the plagues that hit them in Goshen during the time, you know, God judged Egypt, but realized that it was from Goshen that they were enslaved. Goshen itself, I will say, wasn't the key thing, but the people were. Goshen was a good land, yes, but it was a shadow of things to come. It wasn't it. It wasn't for them to settle there for the rest of their lives because God had a promise in their lives. Was it the place of blessing? Yes. Was it the place of increase? Yes, but it was not Canaan. It was in Goshen. <laughs> Gucci, Goshen. They grew exponentially as a nation. Their influence grew. In Goshen, they became a mighty nation. In Exodus 1, 6 and 8 says, Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. But the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty. Wow. So that the land was filled with them. A new king rose in Egypt, so it was a place where they became an amazing, exceedingly great, mighty nation. And a new king arose in Egypt, didn't know Joseph or the benefit he had brought to Egypt. He didn't, you know, he wasn't around when, when uh, Joseph saved everyone from doom. And the king was concerned with the Israelites in, in saying, you know, in case we get attacked, these people could join with the attackers and then like, we're done for. That's how great how much they had grown they weren't no longer just the rednecks from the field they had become a mighty nation the bible doesn't say they were rednecks by the way redneck is an american term hallelujah this new pharaoh began to oppress the israelites and the more they were afflicted the more they grew and the more dreadful they became to the egyptian government i need you to understand this the more they were oppressed, the more they were attacked, the more they had, uh, uh, the labor was imposed on them and they were afflicted, the greater they became. Israel, you know, had overstayed their welcome and the time came to leave Goshen. And it was the promise of God in their life that caused their stay in Goshen to be as fruitful as it was. Listen, if you are in the perfect will of God, it doesn't matter how things look. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. God will bless you. Doesn't what, Whatever comes against you is going to increase you, is going to bless you, is going to multiply in your life. Well, even every evil thing that the enemy tries to do, if you are in the place where God called you to be, if you are in his presence, if you are before him, if you are walking diligently before him, he will bless you and he will increase you. No matter how hard it may seem. Hallelujah. The place that God had promised for them was not Goshen land. Anybody hear any songs about Goshen land? Don't nobody talk about Goshen. Right? Everybody talks about what? Canaan land, the promised land. Hallelujah. 
and it was time to head to Canaan. And tonight, and during this season we are in, it is time to move on to Canaan. Hallelujah. The trials in the life of every believer is growing times. You know, we, we, uh, we have online meetings and we're talking with Minister Aaron and um, Kino in Antioch, California. You know, all of the churches that all of our kings worldwide, I don't think, um, well, I take that back because I don't know outside the U.S., but definitely in the U.S., there is no church that is being more oppressed in California than churches in California. And just, just Google the, the California government, after, not right now, just afterwards. Um, Google the California uh, uh, governor's uh, directives for holidays coming up for Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's ridiculous. It's an amazing place, of an amazing time of growth. People are getting saved. They're getting healed. They're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Why is that? Because they're being the most oppressed, I believe, in part, and also, obviously, the hard work of our, of our brethren there. So if you get to a place where things get to encroach on you, it is not the time to sit down and to stop and go, oh, my God. Imagine if that's what they had done. If God had allowed them to soak in their pitiful whatever, you know, outlook in life was at the time they were being oppressed. When Moses came, and you know, and we read through that, they were so disheartened, but they had become a mighty nation, and they weren't aware of that. They're like, oh, we're like grasshoppers. It's time to expand. We are leaving Goshen. Jesus said, in the world you will have trials, but have faith in me. I have overcome the world. And he didn't just say that so we were like, man, I wish I were like Jesus. We're supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be like him. That's what we're supposed to do, to grow to the stature of the fullness of the, of, of the, the, of the perfect man. Who's that? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be like him. And persecution and trials are part of living in this world. But I got the Corcovado. The Corcovado virus. Why? I'm, I'm being some, somewhat over the top. But it, it's, it's God is on the throne and the devil has been defeated. Amen. And don't lose your faith. Don't lose your trust in God. Don't get out of the place where you're abiding in God because you're going through trials in your life. The great apostle Paul, the apostle Paul, the one, Saul that became Paul, you can't confuse him, the one from Damascus fell off the horse or fell and got blinded for three days, right? That Paul who wrote that I did not um, come to you in word, but in power and a demonstration, that apostle Paul, the same one that had a thorn in his flesh because of the exceedingly exceeding grace that was upon him and the exceeding revelation of the things of God that he had received, a thorn in his flesh was given so that he would stay humble and he wouldn't have a big head. That same apostle Paul in Galatians 4.13, he says, Galatians, I preach the word of you because of a physical illness. So they had afflictions in their bodies as well. Our great apostles. 
They had trials, they had tribulation. That doesn't mean that God's not on the throne. Because God is on the throne, the devil has been defeated, and we walk in victory. And I want you to know that the trials in your life will strengthen you if you will draw near to God. If you will draw near to what he's saying to the Spirit of God, he will lead you in all truth. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what the circumstances will be, you stand on the word of God and you declare your truth over your life. And you will have victory. He got sick. He had to stay. Preach the gospel to them. When you find yourself in opposition or in the smack dab middle of it, it's time to fight. When you find yourself in the midst of opposition, it's time to fight. A spiritual, physical, psychological illness, whatever it is, it's time to fight, baby, because we're getting out of Goshen. And when they got out of Goshen, they got out of Goshen, they went through the wilderness that was totally different from Goshen. Ain't no streams, ain't no grass, ain't no nice land of Goshen in the wilderness. And where were they going through? Into the promised land. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. That's the song. It's not the song they sang, but it's like, it could be the song they sang when they crossed dry ground. Miriam played the tambourine. Come on, if you got your tambourine, you can play it at home. Nobody's going to stop you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Worship at home with it. Praise Jesus. Right? Don't lay down and believe that the lie that you're a failure, God hates you, or whatever the devil will whisper at you during this time. When you go through trials, when you go through sickness, when you go through things on the earth, that is the time where you stand in the word of God. You stand in the promises of God, and you declare healing over yourself. You know, I grew up in a household where my mom has a very um, peculiar blood pressure thing going on. And I took her blood pressure once. It was 240 over 180, no joke on an electronic machine, and then we use a, a manual sphygmo nanometer, sphygmo nanometer, and we did it manually just as high. And the doctor, you know, she went to the doctor, you know, she says, you know, you need to lose a little bit of weight, and you got um, to walk, you know, take some walks, and then he took your blood pressure and says, don't do anything. Don't, don't, don't just sit. Don't do anything. But I grew up watching my mom fighting this thing all her life. She is 69. She just turned 69 this year. She is full of health, full of the blessing of God. Does she still have blood pressure thing? Yes, but she walks by faith and not by sight. And many times I've, I watched my mom, and, you know, in times she would be fighting against this thing and declaring life over herself and walking in by faith and not by sight. According to medicine right now, according to the experts, according to everyone, she should, her kidneys should be shot, her liver should be shot, her heart should be shot. But guess what? God's on the throne. The devil's been, de been defeated and we live in victory and she lives in victory. It doesn't mean that those things, you know, science observes stuff. They don't create anything. They observe and they can manipulate what they have. But God, in the formless world that was void, he said, let there be light and there was 
light. Hallelujah. God is the creator. He has the final say. And this world is not it. It is passing. Hallelujah. During when we go through opposition, when we go through trials, I'm not saying don't disregard, don't, you know, be stupid. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Be, be wise, but the wisdom of God, where you begin to declare truth, declare the scripture truth over your life, where you stand on the word of God and not looking at the circumstances, not looking at the physical realm, but by faith, you look to the city that is from above, knowing that we are here, our time on the earth is passing. As James says, our life is like a vapor. And one day, if Jesus doesn't return, when we're all 120, I'm claiming 120, Praise Jesus. God's going to help me. I'm going to eat like I'm going to live 120 years on the earth. Hallelujah. And in 120 years, guess what? If you don't come back, we're going to die. I'm not minimizing anything. I'm not minimizing any symptoms, minimizing what you're going through. But in the midst of those things, you declare the truth of God. You declare health over yourself. You declare a change and you will see that happen. Don't get in despair. Don't get in a place where your trust in God is dependent on your circumstances because that is an inversion of faith. We have an example I want to read to you. It's in Hebrews 11. It's the hall of faith. It's not the hall of faith because they lived in Goshen and everything came easy for them. It's the hall of faith. Because they trusted the word of God. They trusted in the promises of God. They walked in the blessings of God. And some of them suffered. Some of them had trials that overtook them. But at the end, they are in the banister of heaven right now, cheering us on. Hey, we did it. You can do it too. And it begins in Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the man of old gained approval. Bro, can you come and play that song? Gain approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen today, come on. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. That's how God does things. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith. Though he is dead, he still speaks. That is powerful. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Are you pleasing to God during your trials right now? Hallelujah. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith Noah, verse 7, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared for an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance. Hey, buddy, I'm going to give you something. You just got to go there. Where is it? I'll tell you. Why don't you get moving? Wow. Verse 9, verse 13 says, All these died in faith without receiving the promises, 
But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed, confessed. Come on, begin, begin to declare over your life right now the promises of God. Begin to declare it right now over your health, over your finances, over your family, over your children that are wayward, over that, that those impossible things that are going on in your life that you have no idea how they're going to turn around. Begin to declare the truth of God, that he's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. We live in victory. And he will turn it around for good. Verse 14, for those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from they went out, they would have had an opportunity to return. See, Abraham wasn't looking just to Canaan land. When he looked up, he saw the city from afar off. That wasn't Jerusalem. It was a celestial Jerusalem. All of these people that we read in here, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. All these people, they forsook what they had in front of them for what was to come. They were not looking to Jerusalem today, but the, the heavenly Jerusalem that is going to come down, where we're going to have a new heavens and a new earth. They saw all that through faith. Verse 31 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish. By the way, Rahab is Jesus' like great, 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 great grandmother. She was a harlot before. Did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. After what shall I say? For time will fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdom, performed acts of righteousness, by faith obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. You know how you escape the edge of the sword? When you're in a battle. From weakness they were made strong. They became mighty in war. They put foreign armies to fight, flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured not accepting their release so that they may obtain a better resurrection and others were experienced mockings and scourgings yes also chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two I mean like stone cast at your head stone they were cut in two they were tempted they were put to death with the sword they were about in, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us they would not be made perfect. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and the fit perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame you need to despise the shame lay aside what is holding you back is it fear put it down for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You, wanna, you need to have heart. 
You need to fight. You need to stand on the word of God. You want to see the victory? You want to see God? You want to enter into the fullness of the promise of God? It is a fight of faith that we are in. And you begin need to rise up wherever you are. And I'm like, oh man, I can barely breathe right now. Begin to declare with whatever breath you got and you're able to do that I am healed, I am whole from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. You begin to stand on the word of God. And as you're able, you take one step forward. Like, oh, hallelujah, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm healed, I'm whole. You be, I can't even speak that and I can't breathe. Begin to declare it in your mind and speak that in your spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Declare life over yourself. And as you begin to crawl out of that hole, by faith, God will continue to pour out his spirit and you're going to walk out on the other side, the fullness of God. And that goes for every area of your life. Hallelujah. I know breakthrough is coming. Come on, brother, sing it. I know breakthrough, breakthrough is, is coming, coming for you right now where you are. Faith, if you're in a hospital bed, be made holy in Jesus' name. My God. Hallelujah. We've read the end of the book. We have the victory. You have the victory. But you got to stand as you're able right now. If you can't talk right now, lift your hands and receive a touch from the Spirit of God over your life right now. Made me a promise and it won't stop now. Come on. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. victory. God is going to bless you. He's going to turn around your circumstances for his glory. For his glory, he's going to do it. And right now, if you, if you have not received Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, you need to do that. Because the promises of God are not for everyone. The promises of God are for his children. And by faith, you become a child of God. How do I do that? The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the whole thing, you know, I'm, you know, I gotta be good. No, that's not it. Everyone's sinned. He's not here. To, Jesus didn't die on the cross to give us victory because we were bad people. But he died because we are dead people and he makes us alive again with himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why is that? Because the wages of sin is death. 
But God's gift is everlasting life through Christ Jesus. And if you will call on the name of the Lord, you believe in your heart and you declare with your, confess with your, with your lips, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. Because it is with the heart that you confess, that you believe unto salvation and the mouth that you confess unto salvation. You don't have to crawl down to the lowest depth or crawl up somewhere on your knees because the Bible says the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. Speak it out. So if that's you right now, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, whether for the very first time or if you're not living right and you want to give your life to Jesus, call on his name. Or if you just want to be sure of your salvation, I want you to pray with me right now and pray loud enough so that you can hear yourself. Wherever you are, if you're driving, pull over, lift up your hands. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all my sin. I repent and I turn to you and I lay down all that stuff at the foot of your cross. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you. And if you pray that prayer, why don't you text us at 907-357-2065 and let us know that you gave your life to the Lord today. And we'll get, we'll get a hold of you. We'll, let you, we'll, we'll call you. We'll, um, God is going to do great things in your lives. Let me pray for you. Father, bless those right now who just gave their lives to the Lord. And all those, Lord, who today they're walking out of the hole they're in by faith. One step at a time as they take steps of faith and declare your truth over their lives. Their circumstances are going to turn around. And those things right now that have hindered them, the lies of hell, I expose it right now in Jesus' name in your life and declare his truth to permeate and to bless you and to touch you and to keep you and to lead you and guide you in all truth. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Don't forget, Sunday is fall back. All right? So we're going to, if you have an iPhone or a other not a smartphone, um, it'll help you, all right? But be blessed. Um, if you come, if you come, it's gonna be awesome. Look for our emails and our texts, texts that are coming your way, all right? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift up his countenance to you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. Have a great night. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.